Please note, since recording this podcast, Mount Munger Resources has gone through a rebranding and name change to MTM Critical Metals Limited. Still ASX code MTM. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what is next? What's around the corner? A part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level. Experiences, mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment decision making, and even if they follow a sporting team. And today's guest is Lachlan Reynolds, Managing Director of Mount Munger Resources, ASX code MTM. Lachlan, appreciate you coming in. G'day, Tim. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you for joining us over the next half an hour to talk about the journey of Mount Munger, but also the journey of yourself. I've done some digging, so to speak, and everyone I speak to talks about you and they go, you won't find a bloke who loves rocks more than you. Oh, that's quite a nice compliment. I I, uh, I guess that's a trait that's gone back many years, even to when I was a kid. I was always interested in the natural world. Um, I guess my parents fostered that, uh, that interest uh, quite actively. Uh, there's always been a lot of hiking and camping and stuff in, in my history, uh, but the geology side didn't, didn't really emerge until I got to university, uh, and I picked up geology as, a, uh, as really just a filler subject for my first year. I had no intentions of, of being a geologist, uh, but I literally fell in love with it from the first lecture um, and just thoroughly enjoyed studying geology and, and all the various other subjects that, that went along to support that. So uh, um, I guess I, I came to the idea late, but uh, embraced it wholeheartedly. All right. So let's go back to being the little boy then when you said, you know, you love rocks. Did you have a rock collection? Can you remember? Oh, there probably were a few that were collected along the way. My, my mum was actually the rock collector. She, she used to grab bits and pieces from all over the place. But, I mean, I grew up in Victoria um, and there was obviously a lot of you know, beautiful scenery. Uh, we lived on the coast, so there, there was the sea was a big part of, of my life as well uh, as a sailor and a fairly, you know, a, a fairly poor surfer of the local surf beaches. Whereabouts uh, are we talking? Uh, I grew up in Queenscliff, okay, yep. uh, about half an hour's drive south of Geelong um, at, at the mouth of Port Phillip Bay. Um, yeah, lovely little town, um, which used to explode in population over the summertime. Uh, a lot of who's tourists. who nowadays all have a place yeah, in Queenscliff. Well, so I'm told, so I'm told. So these days I can't even afford to live there anymore. <laughs> um, so then you talk about going to uni and you say that you know, it, it, it was... A secondary subject. It was a fill. What was your ambition when you first went to uni? <laughs> I, I actually had ambitions of being a physicist and and potentially into the astrophysics kind of realm, uh, but I discovered it to my horror that that probably my mathematical abilities, although pretty strong, weren't up to that kind of <laughs> rigor. Um, I, I still really love uh, you know the physics side of the world, and and certainly I'm, I call myself an amateur astronomer, and I. I certainly stay in touch with a lot of what's going on in that side of the sciences, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it was a bit dry as a, as a university subject. Where, whereas the geology really caught me with that mix of uh, laboratory and uh, office-based type stuff, and of course all the field work that you can do in so many different 
kinds of environments. More in the field in a moment. I'd like to see if you would like to still get uh, get the boots on and get your hands dirty. Uh, just in regards to your uh, finding your way to Western Australia, how did that come? About? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I trained at the University of Melbourne, um, and as was the case back in those days, the the, the companies would come around and and talk to final year students. Um, uh, and I, I interviewed with uh, what was Western Mining Corporation at the time, um, and I was I was made an, a job offer. Uh, and like all good geologists, I was uh, I was sent off to Kalgoorlie for my sins, um, where I discovered that my idea and my understanding of geology was very very minor compared to the the big world out there, um, and I was faced with. A geology like I'd never seen before. I found myself on a very, very steep learning curve. Um, I was based in the Exploration Division office with WMC. Um, uh, it was on McDonald Street opposite the what is now the Convention Centre. And uh, we had a big office uh, full of really interesting and very talented people. Um, and I learnt a massive amount. I think you, you, you'll sort of hear everyone who went through that WMC school talking about what a great opportunity it was to develop your skills as a geologist. And a lot of that was um, just fantastic training, um, really good mentoring, uh, lots of access to the local mines and and exploration projects. Um, And I learnt a a massive amount in that first few years of of being a junior geologist. So when you come out of the beautiful seaside of Queenscliff and you go to (laughs) Kalgoorlie, and hello to our Kalgoorlie audience, um, what was it like? What did, you, what, did uh, you, what did you think? Culture shock doesn't even come close to describing the experience. Uh, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, who actually did become my wife, uh, joined me on that, on that adventure and uh, we, landed in, we landed in Kalgoorlie confronted by that red dust and corrugated iron kind of environment uh, and we both found ourselves wondering... What the hell have we just done? Um, I think my wife might have cried, uh, but but to be fair, she howled when we left. Uh, we 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 were embraced by Kalgoorlie in the, you know in the loving arms of that community. Um, everyone knows what it's like to be new there. Everyone knows what it's like to be sort of uh, starting something new and not knowing anybody. And so you get you get kind of embraced by this community that wants to take you out to the pubs or uh, get you involved with sports or whatever it might be, um, and we had an amazing time. But I admit it was a bit confronting at first. So, so what years are we talking? When did you start? Uh, when did you land, and how long did you spend there? So I, I started in early 1991 and lived in Cal for five years. Good times. They were, absolutely they were. Uh, WMC was very active. Um, of course, it held all the, the Cambalda operations at the time. Um, as I said, we had a big office that probably had maybe 30 people working out of it. Uh, there was a big base in Perth as well, so uh, we, we, we had a, a larger extended family. Uh, it was kind of the end of the, the Roy Woodall years, um, and so the culture of, of technical excellence across the company was very, very strong. Uh, the geologists did all regard themselves as as part of one big family group, and um, you know it, it really was a very stimulating environment to be in. Um, and we worked hard, and we played pretty hard as well. 
Lockie Reynolds, Managing Director of Mount Munga Resources, is our guest. MTM is the ASX code of Mount Munga. Uh, you, what did your wife do in Cal? Uh, she trained as a teacher and um, and then became uh, you know went into the local high school and worked worked there. Any connection with Cal now, or have you don't, do you have any reason we, to go back? We still have a few friends there, um, and who, are, who it's great fun to catch up with from time to time. Um, we of course made some oh, just brilliant friendships with people that we worked with and knew in town, um, and that has persevered for the last thirty years. So there. The, the friends we, we made in Kalgoorlie in that time probably are our longest lasting and, and strongest. Take us to Mount Munga then. How did you get involved there? Oh, that's a that's a quite a big jump. There's a lot of history in between. Um, you know, I've been a geologist now for about 30 years uh, and I've done a lot of things along the way. Um, but Mount Munga was something that arose, as, as is so often the case, um, a little bit of serendipity um, and a little bit of, you know, uh, opportunity. Uh, I, I was actually working for another company here in Western Australia uh, up until COVID struck. So that was in early 2020. Uh, I was made redundant from that job um, and kind of fell in with the guys who were uh, promoting Mount Munga, which is John Hannaford and Dave Izzard. Uh, at first, I... I planned really just to come on board as a, as a non-exec director uh, and assist the company with its technical um, programs. But it pretty soon transpired that, that we really needed a, a focal point as a, uh, in terms of having a managing director and someone who was technical um, and understood the exploration process. And so I had my elbow twisted uh, over a beer on a Friday evening and, and, uh, and took that role on wholeheartedly. Um, and that was, I guess, that was six months or so before we IPO'd. Um, and so I've been involved with Mount Munger as a company through that IPO process, uh, through the listing, um, and now nearly two years of exploration work subsequent to that. So our listeners and myself, uh, and let's let's step away from the industry, but they're newbies, they're people listening to this podcast going, oh, you know, do I want to be a shareholder? Do I invest? What do I want to do? What's happened in that two years, the last two years? Yeah, it's been, it's been a big two years. Um, Mount Munger is, I guess, like many junior explorers, we're, we're nothing if not flexible. Uh, we listed primarily as a gold exploration company uh, and we've held uh, a couple of assets here in Western Australia uh, for that gold potential since we went through the IPO process. Uh, but we've been blown around by the, the winds of change and, and certainly market pressures. Um, and in particular, in the last two years, of course, we've seen things like uh, lithium take off. Uh, and so we've actively looked um, at becoming a lithium explorer. Uh, but where we found ourselves is with a real focus on rare earth elements. Um, firstly, that came through one of our existing Western Australian projects, which is up at the East Laverton project which as the name suggests is just outside of, of Laverton, one of my old stomping grounds with Western Mining. And um, then very recently, we've just acquired an option over a rare earth project in Canada, which is really letting us spread our wings a bit. Um, so we have now a portfolio uh, which is very much rare earth focused. Um, it's something that we see a real potential um, for growth in terms of that sector of the market. 
Uh, we see a long-term demand for the rare earth metals um, and therefore a, a good price signal going out into the future. So combine that kind of macroeconomic environment with the fact that I think that we have secured particularly strong technical project in Canada, um, I think that makes for quite a compelling story. So where does gold sit in the pecking order now? Well, gold, gold's a perennial favourite. Uh, I, I mean, I think we have some good assets. Um, the simple fact is that we're just not getting a great deal of market recognition for, that, for those gold projects. Um, look, they're well located. There's a lot of historical work that shows prospectivity. Um, uh, and I'm talking specifically about our Mount Munga project, which was our namesake. Um, that's located only 70 kilometres from Kalgoorlie, uh, which is obviously prime gold hunting territory. Um, and uh, so I'm not about to relinquish any of those gold assets because it can come roaring back with little or no notes. <laughs> uh, Lockie Reynolds, Managing Director of Mount Munga Resources, MTM is the ASX code. So you love your rocks. I'm going to get back to uh, all of that now, of course, in regards to your rare earth uh, and the processes over there in Canada as well. But I want to talk to a bit more about you. Cycling is a big part of what you do. You, you're a cyclist. It is. Uh, that I've, I've always been interested or you know, reasonably good at endurance sports. Uh, so oh, you were a runner, I, were you? Yeah, when I was younger, I was a runner. What, uh, what's your, what was your, what was your go-to? What was your distance? Uh, well, for many years, I, I trained for marathon oh, length wow, events. Wow, that so, distance! So that's going back a long way. Um, as I got a bit older and distracted by work, um, it became more sort of the ten k type distance. City to surf, you've done that. Yeah, I've done that. How many I, times have you done that? Oh, once or twice. Okay, I, and I've, what's I've your fastest again. time? Oh, that's roughly? a good. I really. Couldn't even Just remember these it. days. <laughs> I I used to be I used to be quite strong, but these days I find the running's just too hard on the body. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, like so many middle aged guys, I've I've mi migrated to the bike and become a mammal. Uh, and and I love it. Uh, it's uh, it's a great way to get out, get your exercise. Um, I, I commute to work on the bike as often as I can. Uh, I'm in with a good gunch, a bunch of guys who I, I probably wouldn't have ever met otherwise. Um, and it's just a really good mixture of the, the fitness and the, and the social. Is it a, um expensive thing? Then? Oh, have you, yeah. Have you, have, you gone, that. have you gone up from the Malvern Star? Have you gone up? Yeah, look, I've gone through that entire process. Of, so what are, you, what are you riding now? What's your bike of choice? Oh, my bike of choice at the moment is a, is a specialised carbon frame um, racing machine. Um, it's in the shop at the moment, unfortunately. I, I had a I had a small mechanical failure that uh, resulted in a bit of damage. So at the moment, I'm on a loaner. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be back on I'll be back on my machine as soon as possible. And what's your um what's the what's your what's the stuff you wear? The the lycra. lycra. What's your lycra of choice? Are you a dark? Uh, have you got a sponsor? No, actually, I I tend to be more of the the kind of um, I like to be seen if possible. You're high um, visor. Uh, well, not necessarily, but uh, have been known to don the fluoro nice. uh, colours. There's the you know, it's it's something about working in the industry is that uh, the fluoro has taken over. <laughs> uh, no, look, we, we do have a local group. We've got a few small sponsors, and we we uh, you know we get involved with uh, you know both social rides and a bit of charity type yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you, have you done any of the ride for youth focus that time? Look, stuff? I haven't. Um, I've been encouraged many times to do so. I've I've certainly got the kilometres underneath my belt yeah. to be able to do it. Um, it it's often 
Um, much as I would like to, it's often just the fact that work, particularly with travel and so on, it really interferes with uh, the training that you mm-hmm. have to do. Uh, so, yeah, off and on, I've done a few events. I've done the, the three dams a couple of times and uh, wow. do enjoy getting out into the hills when we can. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, primarily it's a social thing, but I, uh, being fit is a big focus of, of my life and... Um, yeah, I, I tend to embrace these things fairly wholeheartedly. It's addictive. Nice work by you. Uh, just when you, what's your first thing you do in your role as a managing director of Mount Munger? What's your first um, first work related things? You wake up, you have a shower, you might have had a coffee. What's your first thing you do work wise? Well, that's that's something that's changed a little bit over the years. But um, in the current job, particularly with the Canadian projects and the time difference. Really, the first thing I have to do, and I, really, I hate saying this, but I, you, know, you, you, you look at your phone and you check your emails first thing in the morning. That has uh, been 90% of the guessing. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty sad indictment of us, actually. It's like I wish we could achieve a slightly better work. What else would balance. you do, though? Well, you know, maybe just... Uh, you're talking you know, about the time of day you do it. Yeah, well, it's always, as I say, it's always very first thing. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. By the time that I've raced through that morning prep and got, <laughs> got to work on my bike, things are a little bit more calm. Um, and, and at that point, uh, what I tend to do is that, that I quite like looking at uh, what our share movements have been as they've come through from the, from the registry. It's, uh, it's something, you know, I'm a technical guy and I, I still love getting involved very much with the, the technical geology of my projects. And I probably should wean myself off that a bit more than I have. Um, but I cannot help <laughs> being um, interested in that side of the work. As you said, it's like a this long-standing, you know, just love of the rocks. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, look, the, I, certainly over, I guess, the last decade, um, I've, I've had to force myself to become a bit more corporate um, and a bit more business oriented, and, and a big part of that, of course, is um, you know just being aware of of what your shareholders are doing and how they're reacting to the changes in your business. Mm. And the communication, the streams of communication with them, uh, how important is that? Uh, well, communications become absolutely critical. The, the days of the days of simply being able to quietly work away on ASX announcements um, and lodge them um, at your leisure, they're over. Um, these days, you know, you have to have a presence on things like Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, have the media distribution. ASX Market Goss podcast. <laughs> exactly right. Thank you, Lockie. And, uh, and get on those podcasts <laughs> and let, let people hear your voice. Mm. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's vitally important. Um, there are a lot of companies who are trying to do essentially the same thing, albeit across different commodities and different locations in the world. Um, but we are all essentially competing for a lot of the same investment dollars. Um, and it's uh, anything that we can do to kind of get our heads up above the pack and be heard mm. um, is pretty important. Um, I mean, the downside is that you put your head above the parapet, you can get it shot off. Um, but, you know, again, it's it, as far as I'm concerned, if you've got good technical projects that have the geological prospectivity, then they kind of tell their own story. Um, and certainly if your investors are, are sophisticated and understand the industry, uh, then they'll stick with a good story, even though it might take a little bit of time to come to fruition. Short, mid and long term in a moment with uh, Mount Munger Resources, MTM is the ASX code. Um, Trent, what's your, being a cyclist and you often invade 
the coffee shops of Perth, the cafes of Perth. Your coffee of choice? <laughs> a flat white man through yeah. and yeah, through simple. and I like through. I do simple. I, I've, I've been tempted by my peers on all different kinds of varieties, but <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, simple is best. Uh, you're a clunker cleater. Do you walk around on your cleats? I absolutely do, with with pride. It's like those coffee shops, they, they should be happy to have us. I agree. <laughs> I 100% agree, but they seem to book out my coffee shop and I'd say, cyclists, 8 o'clock, so get here early. And I, no. they, 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 look, they look, spend... We're, we're out early. Uh, as long we, as you don't just go to a coffee shop and drink the water provided for oh, free. No, no. That grinds my gears. No, no, that's never going to happen, I'm afraid. Not, <laughs> not with our group. Have you got the work-life balance right? Uh, I probably don't. Uh, I, I do love my work and I do invest a lot of myself into it and I think it's probably fair to say that a, a, a lot of my, you know, a lot of my personal you know, my persona, for want of a, def- a, a better description, is what I do and how successful I am doing that. Um, but that said, I, I, you know, I'm quite capable these days of, of taking the time uh, to go and do something else. Uh, to, you know, I've had a lot of years where I've been, I've been involved with uh, helping to raise my family. Um, my girls are now uh, both adults and are nearly self-sufficient. Um, my wife works as well, so there's, you know, there are home duties to be done. Um, so I, th- I think I'm getting better at it. Mm. Uh, but uh, there's, there is always interesting stuff to be done. Uh, that even if it's not directly associated with work, it's, it's something that, that's part of that life. Um, how often do you keep an eye on your neighbours in, in the mining space? How, how, what, do, you, do you care what they're doing? I do. I do care um, because often these days, I mean, it's great because everyone's having to release technical data all the time. Uh, there is always insights that you can get about the nature of, of the geology of your project, um, new ideas about prospectivity, new ideas about uh, te- exploration techniques, uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, it's certainly, you know, it's certainly well worth, I think, watching your neighbours just in terms of how they're presenting their story, um, and and often you get insights as to how you can capture particularly investor attention, um, based around, you know, the way that companies project themselves. I I again, as I said, I'm I'm a technical guy, so I tend to look through a lot of the gloss of market presentations. Uh, to the underlying fundamentals. Um, and if anything, that's probably a bit of a, a, a detrimental to me because I, I see problems where uh, I think other people might see opportunities. Um, there are many, many projects out there that, that I think will, you know, that they'll never get up, but somehow they still manage to, uh, to attract investor attention. And, and understanding that side of the market is probably the hardest lesson I've had to learn uh, as an MD, is that it's sentiment that, that often uh, rules the market rather than those fundamentals. Do you still have a trusty pair of boots? Do you like to put them on? Oh, I do, but I have to be honest that I do not do it anywhere near as often as I would like. Um, it, it's uh, the, the pressures of, of just running the business day to day, and particularly when your project, if you know, to go, to go out to say look at our our Laverton project, that's a that's going to take a week really to do it properly, uh, and that's a big chunk out of my 
out of nine months. Um, you seem to be making constant excuses why you can't do something. You can't uh, go on the rides. <laughs> oh no! Well, that uh, there's you've like the family there's, home there's no motivation there, and you've got to go back out for you know you go back out for a week at Laverton. So um, well, the one that really is turning me on at the moment is getting out into the wilds of of Quebec, where our our project is located. That's you'll find time for that one. Uh, I absolutely will find time for that one. <laughs> uh, I, I was over there just a few months ago. Okay. Uh, I was I was in Canada for uh, for the PDAC convention. Uh, I managed to get out and spend some time with the guys who were going to be running our exploration program. They took me snowmobiling, which was a first, um, and that was a great experience. Um, and Hello yeah. to the tax man who went <laughs> snowmobiling, but he was there for work. <laughs> I was definitely there for work. It was, a, it was an important, oh, 100% uh, important, it was. important relationship building No exercise. doubt it was, Lockie. Uh, but no, that, I mean, this that, that part of the world is somewhere where I haven't spent much time. Yeah. Uh, it's a completely new geological environment for me. It's a new landscape. Um, I love that stuff. Um, um, and I intend to, to get there as, as frequently as I can for, uh, um, well, as long as I don't become an annoyance to them. That's the main thing. Do you have a work motto? If, you, if, 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 if your name was on the door and there's some, put your, your work ethic motto underneath what do you do you have something you work by that's a great question i i've i've never really put it into simple terms like that um but i think that you know probably the overriding thing for me is that you know that a quality project gets support and everything that i try to work on is a quality project now i've worked across a bunch of different commodities and in different locations um, I've worked in exploration. I've worked in business development. I've, I've never actually been a mine geologist, but I've worked at mines. Um, and I've got a pretty good understanding about how that, you know, that link from exploration all the way through to production goes and, mm. and the importance of geology in that. But I guess the other, the other overriding part of that is that timing is everything. Uh, a project might be great, but if the timing's not right, right for it, if the commodity prices aren't right, if local support's not right, um, you know, any number of things have to align for that project to go. And so, you know, if, if anything in my sort of 30 years experience um, has, you know, if that experience has taught me anything, it's, it's the timing has to be as good as the geology. You've served as an executive and a senior manager in a number of ASX listed companies and you've seen lots of projects and you've talked about, you've just touched on that just right there. Have you been to a point where you're flogging a dead horse and you know this is not happening or you're a great believer in knowing that ain't working, we're not wasting another single cent or minute on that project? Yeah, I, I think uh, <laughs> there are always corporate pressures that that will affect that decision. Uh I guess I've been lucky enough that for most of my career, I haven't been kind of emotionally involved in projects. I haven't necessarily generated them from scratch. And, and so I can take a bit more of an objective look at what we're working on. Um, I mean, the short answer to your question is yes, I've, I've ended up working on projects that I thought had no future. Um, but in all of those cases, I've never worked on those projects very long. Um, they've either been divested or I've left the company or I've, you know, I've decided that, that uh, the management team is not appropriate for those projects um, and I've moved on. I've moved on to what I hope have been better 
opportunities. Well, I'm pretty sure you're confident that where you are at the moment with Mount Mundra Resources, you're in a good space with this. Give us the, the short and the long and the mid-term process and, um, and viewpoint of Mount Munger. So, as I said, very much a rare earth focus, but in two quite separate environments, one being uh, a carbonatite-hosted project, which is the, uh, the, the, the pro- new project in Quebec, uh, and a clay-hosted deposit here in Western Australia at East Laverton. Um, so short-term is very much about drilling and then more drilling. Uh, the, uh, in the Canadian situation, uh, we've got a couple of historical drill holes. Those holes had, uh, they confirmed that it's a carbonatite target, which is half the battle. They confirmed that there were potentially all grade zones of mineralisation of rare earths and niobium. Um, and so there's, there's really a straightforward effort for us there to drill that target, understand the geology and get an idea of the distribution and continuity of the mineralisation within it. And, and the objective there is to really come up with a resource as quickly as we can. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm very confident that we will find something. It really just is a question of what part of the system do we need to focus on um, and ultimately you know, what are its characteristics. Uh, the East Laverton stuff, I guess similar sort of situation. We know that there's rare earth mineralisation there. Uh, and looking through our history of announcements, you can see the way that our exploration pro- program has built up that confidence. Um, again, it's about understanding what are the best parts of the system there uh, to test, and it is a very large system over hundreds of square kilometres. Uh, so which part of it is the best as far as its metal content, its grade, its continuity, um, and its metallurgical characteristics? The, these are, you know, the rare earth space is, is complicated, um, we've got uh, two opportunities that I think ha- have real potential, uh, but there's both on both of them, there's still a way to go. Um, so very much in the short term, it's about collecting that technical data. Um, medium term, discovery of a resource and advancing Mount Munger from the realm of, of a junior explorer to a developer. Um, and, I th- and certainly having been through that process before, I'm quite happy to see myself uh, shepherding the company through that role as well um, and basically taking a resource to the next step um, and, and de-risking it as far as, uh, as a future development. Um, and then I guess looking far into the future, who knows? Um, I-, I can certainly see uh, the company's assets evolving into something that could become a mine. Um, that's not specifically my skill set, so I'd have to take a close look at, at what we do. But ultimately, uh, we're working towards uh, creating value for our shareholders, and, and I include myself in that. Um, so we'll, we will look long term as to what is the best strategy for the company going forward, and it may well be that uh, you know if we have success in that medium term, we might look to a new set of projects and a new set of challenges. Um, into the into the future. So we're sitting here right now. People are going, okay, uh, MTM is the code. You're going to pitch to prospective shareholders and and uh, and investors. Why so? Well, I think it's uh, really the overriding factor is, um, as I've tried to hopefully explain, is is quality projects with really strong geological potential. Um, and the upside of, of discovering a resource and creating the value in the company through that uh, you know, dedicated application of good, good geological science. 
Um, beyond that, uh, we still have a very tight cap structure. So, uh, you know, that we, we believe that we are good value as an investment at the moment. Uh, we see that there is potential for investors to, to get a major uplift um, as our work continues. Um, and particularly, I would encourage people to look at the, uh, the POM project in Quebec, uh, which has a very clear value proposition um, in terms of what work we can put in versus what result we can achieve. You're a good story. You, uh, well, it's, it's official. You love rocks. I think you love rocks <laughs> more than anyone sat in this chair so far. Well, it's, uh, as I said, that's a nice compliment and a pretty useful attribute for a, uh, for a geologist and, and someone, particularly in exploration, because we have to be eternal optimists um, and there's, uh, there's no shortage of, uh, of interesting rocks out there. You're a good man. Lockie Reynolds, Managing Director of Mount Munger Resources, ASX MTM. Thanks for sitting in the ASX Market Goss chair today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under securities laws of such jurisdiction.